0: Welcome to 30 Minutes to Wealth, the show that teaches you how to build wealth through real estate. Our company, Profunds Mortgages, has assisted real estate investors in achieving wealth for over two decades. Over the next 30 minutes, we're going to share some of our
1: key strategies in real estate with you. Right here on 30 Minutes to Wealth. On today's episode, we're going to talk about broker versus bank. We're here with our two guests, Ginny and Jitten. Guys, thanks for coming on the show today. Thank
0: you. This Thank you is everyone. the power team. Husband and wife power team. You guys are amazing. You kill it. Thank You're you so good at your job. You really are. You're both uh, senior underwriters with the company at Profunds Mortgages, and you handle a lot of real estate investor financing, um, alternative financing, and you're dealing with the day-to-day issues that we're having with... Institutional financing. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about yourselves.
2: Um, well, I've been in the industry for about 12 years. I started off at the bank when I was 18. I moved my way up. I worked at different banks, alternative lenders, B lenders. So by the time I uh, reached ProFunds, I had all the, ba- the the background. And I learned a lot from all these institutions about their risk appetite. So mm-hmm. it makes it a lot more easier for me to underwrite for ProFunds because I have all this knowledge about which lender likes what kind of risk appetite.
0: hmm yeah, you're very good at that. Thank Jit- you.
3: Yeah, Jani pretty much uh, covers my introduction as well, because uh, the reason why I say that is we come from similar backgrounds. I have worked with different institutions, Schedule A banks, alternative lenders, uh, broker houses in the past. And it's all about getting that expertise, uh, bringing it all together to the table and making it work for our clients. Right. So that's where we bring added value to the table for our clients.
0: So over the past few years, there's been a lot of changes in mortgage underwriting from a residential borrowing perspective. And it started in 2010 and then in 2016. So the rules keep changing and they're making it more and more challenging for individuals to qualify for a residential mortgage. You know, it's easier to actually buy a commercial property and qualify for a commercial mortgage than it is buying a residential mortgage. So you could probably get a million-dollar mortgage easier than you could a $100,000 mortgage. So what can you tell us about the rules and, and how they apply to individuals today that are looking to purchase a residential property. And that that actually means from a condo, a single-family home, um, up to four units, basically, is residential lending.
3: So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so essentially, uh, the rules that we're talking about over here are called the B20 guidelines. Now, as you said correctly, they have gone over some major changes in the past, but uh, some of the recent changes that have occurred as of January 2018 are, are changes to the stress test. Now, that's a major change to the entire equation when uh, instead of qualifying against the benchmark rate, which is pretty much the Bank of Canada's lending rate in terms of mortgages. So can you back up for a minute? Absolutely. So you're saying that, so what exactly happened there? So they've
0: changed the interest rates that they qualify people to borrow on.
3: Absolutely. So Initially, it used to be a simple stress test whereby a borrower who's looking for a mortgage will have to qualify against Bank of Canada's benchmark rate, which is currently at 514 percent Now, effective January 2018, what's happened is, instead of qualifying against just that rate, you're qualifying against the higher of the benchmark rate Or the contract rate, which is a rate that the lender offers you, plus another two percent.
0: Wow! So that's so they're so they're basically saying, you know what? Even though our interest rates are at this, let's say three percent, hypothetically, you're going to have to qualify for two percent higher than that. Absolutely. And that what the ultimate issue is here now: people can't qualify for such a high mortgage amount, and. What we're seeing in our industry in our in, in Canada is that the prices of housing has gone up and up and up. So it's making it very challenging for people to actually purchase a home.
1: Yeah. How are you guys seeing um, you know, these changes in regulations? How is that impacting individuals that are seeking
2: financing? Um, for first-time home buyers, it's I mean, although they face the same challenges, it's not that bad because they only have that one property to purchase. So it's their income versus the maximum mortgage amount that they can afford. Now, for, for real estate investors, it's a little bit more challenging because these guidelines apply to them as well. It doesn't benefit them, really, because on paper, for example, if you were to buy a, a four-unit property, on paper, you do have a cash flow positive. That means that you have a good amount of money after the bills are paid, uh, taxes and whatnot. But when the bank is qualifying you, the payment is so much more um Greater mm-hmm. um, yes, than your income than, than your income, which makes it a lot more challenging. So that's when we have to be more creative, and that's where alternative financing comes into play.
0: Mm-hmm. And we've seen a lot more of that happening, where um, alternative lenders are being approached. And what do we mean by alternative lenders?
3: So alternative lenders are they, they cannot be categorized with the A lenders, which are which are pretty much the Schedule A banks, the right. RBCs, the CIBCs, the BMOs, the Scotia banks these are the lenders who are out there capturing a specific market and by that specific market, I mean self-employed people, mm-hmm. which is a majority of the population who are applying for mortgages. And this market has sort of been underserved in the past. That's when the alternative lender decided to come into play and help out these genuine people who are making their hard-earned money, although, you know, for taxation purposes, they might not be declaring you know the retirement or actually claiming a lot of expenses, but they are actually making that money. So as per the big banks, they don't consider that income. And that's when these mm-hmm. Alt-A lenders come in, they give them that room in terms of their debt servicing ratios to avail them more equity and, you know, offer them competitive rates of, with the banks as well.
0: So these alternative lenders, mm-hmm. be it credit unions or MIX um, or, private money, but let's let's talk about the credit unions. How do they, do they use the same parameters as the banks? Like, are they regulated by OFSEE? And maybe you can tell us what OFSI is.
3: So, OFSEE is the Office of uh, Superintendent of Financial uh, Institutions. It's a federal regulator of banking institutions. Uh, it does govern several different institutions, such as the banks, trusts, uh, trust companies, companies. Um, other companies, other different kind of lenders. However, there's a category of lenders that we as brokers have access to. Which the general public doesn't. No, they don't. Right. And they sometimes don't even know that such lenders exist exist, uh, who wouldn't have to uh, comply with the B20 guidelines. So we as brokers know that there are products available for people who may not qualify under the B20 guidelines. So we have even access to these lenders who are actually a great fit for those people who have been declined by the major banks.
0: Right. And a lot of people aren't aware that this actually exists. absolutely, And I think that's the exciting thing about our, our show today is it's broker versus bank, which I've been talking about for years. And I've always had my my discussions and arguments about it because, you know, people, they think going to the bank and they're going to get a better deal, but they don't realize that mortgage brokers actually have access to so many more lenders out there.
2: And one of the things about working with the bank directly is they're going to sell you their products. So if you go to TD Bank or if you go to any other major bank, they're going to give you what they feel is best for, again, for you as a client, but also for their business. Whereas the broker, we work for the client. Mm -hmm. So for us, it's really important to see, well, what product really uh, fits you. And, you know, although the rate Everybody wants a good rate. Everybody wants to have the best rate possible. But sometimes it's not only about the rate. You want to have the good product so you can maximize your borrowing power. So, you know, if you want to, if your goal is to have a few properties a couple of years down the road, well, you know, how can I buy my second property or third or fourth? So being in the right product basically is very, very important, important
0: Then the rate. So many people yeah. are fixated at that, you know, oh, my gosh, I'm getting uh, 2.95% mm-hmm. from my bank. But... You know, another institution that would offer something better to fit the big scope might be maybe two points higher, point two percent, exactly, and it, right? which is yeah. minimal, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's not very significant, and it's all about the rate and getting the best rate, and people shop around for that, which is another topic.
1: Yeah, and it kind of segues into our whole discussion talking about this broker versus bank and, you know, what the benefits are to dealing with a broker. So we've kind of touched um, a little bit on a few of them, but let's kind of break it down into our a few main topics, which I think are very important for, um, you know, people to be aware of before deciding what to do when they're looking for financing. So one of our first main ones that we want to discuss with you guys today is how a broker can offer portfolio in deal structuring so maybe we can get a little bit into this and how a broker is able to you know evaluate an individual's portfolio as a whole and make recommendations on that
2: for sure i mean when we first initially have the conversation with the client we want to get to know them a little bit more we want to understand what is their end goal so if if for them, you know, they want to buy a couple of rental properties, mm-hmm. um, it is going to be a lot more easier for me to, you know, look at their current finances and let them know, you know what, at this point, this is what you have. But if you had done it this way, or if we structure your, your current mortgage in a different way, well, we're increasing your borrowing power by, by another 100000 or whatnot. So and that Foreign kind of ties investors. into the product right?
1: exactly. that you were talking about.
2: So, I mean, if if in the past you have, you've enrolled in certain mortgage products, well, maybe they were beneficial then, but mortgage industry, it's been changing drastically over the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. So it is good to work with a broker and, you know, and be in touch with them. And, you know, as the mortgage rules are changing, we're able to help you put into certain products that in the long run is going to be able to either take the equity out to put as a down payment on a new rental property. Mm-hmm. Or maybe, you know, at this point, if your borrowing power is maxed out, well, what are your next steps? Is it like the end? You can't buy any more, anything more? Or can you still look into maybe commercial uh, lending or multi residential? There are a lot of options in there. And if you work with a broker, we yeah, do have a whole portfolio exactly. you can go
0: through and, and structuring it so that it maximizes their opportunities.
2: Right. And that's
1: what's so key. Yeah. I think. So we just kind of covered, uh, you know, a little bit into deal structuring and how a broker can offer that. One of the other really main vital components, I think, to this is how a broker can help to eliminate rate shopping. Um, this is a pretty big topic. What, what can you guys share on this with us?
3: Absolutely. So, um whenever uh, a borrower, you know, sets out to shop for mortgages, the primary thing that they really think about is, oh, which bank can I go to? Because they're not really exposed to what other options are available in the market in terms of the broker channel. So what they end up doing is they go to one bank, you know, file a mortgage application, get their credit bureau check. And if whatever is offered to them, they don't like, they move forward to a different or bank. Or
1: even if they're curious, like, what else can Absolutely. I get? What else is available to me? Maybe it's more competitive elsewhere, right? Absolutely. So they're, they're programmed to kind of want to go to different banks and get an opinion on what or go to their
2: bank and then they
0: find out they can't get it done there.
3: Or the rate
1: they then they're
0: bouncing
3: want. to another. Yes, absolutely. So they, they repeat this process multiple times with different lenders. And what really ends up happening, and they don't realize this, is their credit bureau is pulled over and over again. Yes. It impacts their credit score negatively. Yes. And it, it comes to a point where actually their credit score goes so low that they don't even qualify with a lot of those lenders they were shopping with anymore.
1: So this is kind of a catch-22, right? Absolutely. I mean, they're trying to get the best rate. They're trying to qualify. They're looking at different banks. But in Doing so, they're actually hindering their ability to qualify.
3: Yeah, and another uh, negative consequence is when you go to so many institutions in terms of rate shopping. What ends up happening is the lender that you finally go to get a mortgage, they see all of those hits on your credit bureau that multiple lenders have checked your credit bureau in the past. What what happens is it makes them believe that there must have been a reason that you're a bad borrower, or there was some reason that you were over and over again. Absolutely, absolutely. So that triggers extra due diligence, a lot of paper. Work, yeah and that's called shopping absolutely <laughs> and it works negatively for for the clients now where a, bro- a broker provides value is when you come to a broker we just do one mortgage application we do one uh, credit bureau and based on the entire picture of your application uh we know exactly what lenders we need to send it out to because we know their products well, you're experts absolutely in the industry. Exactly. absolutely get
1: range to you know possibly hundreds First of one, lenders yeah. across Canada yeah. that you can submit those applications to. So in one application, they can have you know the ability to look at many different lenders with a broker, which Absolutely I think is correct. a huge benefit. So how long when you pull a
0: credit bureau um, can you send, you You can send that to multiple banks, right? You, and, and also we deal with institutions. So we do, you know, the big banks are are there. Um, and and also you can use credit unions and, and other types of lenders out there, as we were speaking earlier, alternative okay. lenders. Yep. So how long does a credit bureau last? Like if you were to pull a credit bureau um, and this person is, let's say, very active in real estate and they're mm-hmm. buying a few properties, can they you know use that same credit bureau 3 6 months down the road or is this fresh one have to be pulled every time as well I just wanted to give the viewers an idea of that as well
2: so when we pull the initial bureau as long as we've submitted the application within the 30 day period yes um it's 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 good enough at the lenders the bureau is good for 90 days. So once they've received the application, Excellent. for the next 90 days, they're okay to use the same bureau. So let's say if you've purchased your one property and you have another one closing, and you know within that 90 day period, well, that bureau is still good, and it's yes. and this is going to be really good for you because it's not affecting your your credit bureau. So we're right. only going to pull it once, and if we're dealing with the same lender, depending on your your personal financial situation, then we should be good to use the same credit bureau.
0: That's great. Yeah. So now the shopping institutionally that's the borrower going to different banks and they're all pulling the credit <clears throat> but they're shopping within the brokerage channel as well which is a negative and you know you see people there, you know there's it's called loyalty in our industry and brokers aren't compensated until they actually close a deal correct so, um you know, so that you work hard for for a deal. So loyalty is critical in our industry. And I think it gets people a lot further ahead in the industry. So if you're a real estate investor um, or you're just refinancing and you're, you've you got a lot of future business to do, mm-hmm. building a relationship with people like yourselves is really important part of business. Mm-hmm. And, you know, why, and, and this is just my opinion in the way I do business is it's loyalty because you now have... The big picture, you know, everything, you know, where they've been, how many banks you've gone to, what, what their lender, goals are, yeah, what what just, where to be. send it all those sort of things. So um, when they go to other mortgage brokers thinking that, oh, you know, I've got to close this deal really quickly and I need to get a better rate, and then they go to two or three other brokers, that's detrimental, right?
2: It is. What we, happens? You well, know, we we all have access to the same lender. So whether you're working with us, or you're working with somebody else, the file's going to end up at the same lender and the lender's going to be well, you know, the client's going to make up their mind. Are they going to use this broker? The file may be presented differently.
0: Well, um, remember this story with that gentleman that you were financing for him, And we had an approval and then all of a sudden another mortgage broker submitted the deal. And the same lender exactly. declined it then?
2: It did because, I mean, we were so close to funding it and all of a sudden, you know, there's a little bit of a hiccup because a client, you know, I mean, you have to be patient in these kind of situations. You you want to make sure that, you know, your broker is working for you and not for the bank. And that is very, very important for you to know that.
3: And also adding over to Jenny's point, which is absolutely correct, (laughs) you need to have a loyalty to your broker because they're actually working for you. It's also important to note that, a seasoned broker has to develop relationship with these uh, lenders over a period of time, which, you know, actually provide them a lot of value. There may be something that the lender may not agree on your file. However, based on that broker relationship with the they lender, might, might be able to give you an exception, exactly. may be able to give you a better rate due to the volume of business that our broker sends to that lender, yes. right? So yes. all these things really add up to the loyalty towards the brokerage, which pretty much benefits the client at the end of the day. Yeah.
0: And I've seen that over and over again and being in the industry for over 20 years now and, and working, you know, with real estate investors quite a bit and understanding that, that realm, that shopping in any capacity isn't favorable to people. No. You're just shooting yourself in the foot. Yeah. And it's not the first time that this situation happened with, mm-hmm. with that deal. That person ended up having to pay more interest to close the deal. And he suffered penalties from the seller because he couldn't close on time because he shopped. Absolutely. right? So it's so important to, you got to have faith in your broker that they know exactly what they're doing and you're comfortable mm-hmm. and they're honest. Um At the same time, um, you know, you have to be loyal to and, and make sure that that's working in your best interest.
1: Absolutely. For sure. And I think another one of the key benefits um, to working with a broker versus a bank is, and we've kind of touched upon it, is the alternative um, lending um, options that yeah. are available. Yeah, exactly. And I think this is so critical given all these different regulations that are coming into play that people are looking for other
2: options if, you know, they're not able to qualify with their banks as they traditionally would have. Yeah. So, I mean, one of the things is a lot of people think that having a, a B lender or a private lender, it's because you've been bad, you have bad credit, or you've had a bankruptcy. Well, mm-hmm. that's not the case anymore. Private money is becoming more and more popular as the guidelines are changing. Mm-hmm. And just because you have a private mortgage, it doesn't mean that there's any reason why you know your credit is bad or you, the banks don't want well, you. Or that you
0: shouldn't do it exactly. because it's a little bit more expensive. Yeah. I think we've been really spoiled yeah, with the have. interest rates yeah. and yeah. everyone's, yeah. you know, ingrained that they, oh, it has to be this rate. And I mean, we have to understand when business still has to go on. We still need to acquire those properties and yeah. paying a little bit more interest isn't going to jeopardize the business model. I think. And
1: I was just going to say, and, and to provide the viewers a little bit of information, um, first off, what is a private mortgage, right? Um, you know, because that's another main thing that I think there's a little bit of uncertainty in the industry. Um, Can you guys explain a little bit about that? And when a private mortgage, when would that be suitable for a borrower?
3: For sure. So a private mortgage is essentially just like a regular mortgage. Uh, The only key difference is that instead of going to a big lender such as a major bank to get that mortgage or an alternative lender you're actually going to smaller lenders individual lenders who are bringing their money together to actually fund that fund that deal for you so it's multiple lenders coming together with their money and they're providing you that mortgage again it's registered on the title of your property you have to uh, you know make your monthly payments uh, also as as opposed to being your mortgage amortized over certain years, a it's private a mortgage only. is interest only, which is, yeah. uh, you know, a great factor. Now, where a private mortgage works best is for people who have a defined plan, what they want to do with that money. Mm-hmm. It's definitely not going to work out not for someone, right? Ab- absolutely. So it's Bridge. not for, it's not for a person who wants to take a second private mortgage and go buy a Lamborghini. It's for a person who <laughs> wants to take a second mortgage knows that that money is going to increase the value of their house by renovating their basement, increase their cash flow, generate extra income for them. And, you know, at the end of the maturity of the mortgage, they're able to refinance with the bank.
0: See, that's the benefit of working with a broker, right? Absolutely. Because they actually, first of all, they're working for the borrower, the person coming to them, yeah. and they have access to everything. It's like a one-stop shop. Right. But I think we're we're running out of time here. And um, we're going to have to end it here shortly. Absolutely. Unfortunately, we could talk for hours for and hours, hours and for
3: hours, hours on
0: and this all- because um, there's so much more. And maybe we have to have you guys come back on and we can have a segment two of this sure. because it's yep. so, so important for people to understand yeah. the business. But if anybody is interested in learning more or understanding how to borrow money or, or are looking for a mortgage, you can contact us at
1: profunds.ca. And we do facilitate financing Canada-wide as well. 30 minutes are up, go create wealth. Any and all of the opinions expressed by guests on this program were theirs alone and did not necessarily reflect those of the network, the producers, or the host. Please consult a professional advisor before making any investment decisions.